Over the last two decades, I've been on a quest to learn everything I can about leadership, obsessed with what makes the best leaders so good. After running companies small and large for the last 20 years, today I speak on stages all across the world to audiences who are interested in that same question. My name's John Laredo, and I'm your host. I invite you to join me on this journey as we explore this topic. What makes the best leaders so good? Welcome to Tomorrow's Leader. All right, welcome to today's episode of Tomorrow's Leader, where we dive deep on all things leader-related. Hope everybody's doing well and is happy and healthy and staying safe. We're in the midst, hopefully, at the end of quarantine season here. It is mid-May for those of you watching this or listening to this at a different period of time. So I uh, had the great opportunity last night to go out and play nine holes of golf with my son, which uh, up in Boston, middle of May, you don't know if it's going to be 40 degrees or 70 degrees. Last night happened to be 70 degrees. It was like this perfect, perfect night. And I haven't golfed in forever and he hasn't golfed in forever. I think it's been about a year. So uh, we got out there, which was uh, tons of fun. Absolutely great time. For those of you who know me, you know I am an absolutely horrible golfer. There was a time in my life where I actually wasn't that bad, but I played a lot at that point. And now I might get out six, seven, eight times in a year and just, it's not enough to work on the skills. But bottom line, I am a classic hacker. Um, I love to hit the ball. I love to play. I love to hit the ball as far as I can. I actually, that's probably the only good part or reasonably good part of my game is when I get a hold of it, I can actually, you know, send it off to a uh, nice far distance, but um, where it goes, control, I have none of it whatsoever. So needless to say, I am a hacker and I suck. So we were out there playing last night and at some point I'm trying to give my son some advice and I'm telling him, okay, Nick, uh, you know, you've got to keep your head on the ball and you're, you're bending your left arm. You want to keep that straight. You want to shift your weight. You're kind of leaning back this and that I'm giving him all this critique and I'm actually sounding like I know what I'm talking about. I mean, I'm thinking, okay, wow, this, this is actually really good advice. And I'm looking at my son and his face, facial expression says everything. He's kind of looking at me and doing one of these and I'm thinking to myself and I say to him, I know I get it. I should be taking this advice. And if this really works, why, why am I not using it? And why is my game not better? Uh, which got me to think it's like, okay, you know, here I am giving really good advice. I actually knew what advice to give. I've done some reading on golf when I was playing a lot. I kind of knew the things that you had to do mechanically to have a nice, smooth, fluid swing. And here I am not doing any of it. I'm not taking my own advice. And I'm thinking to myself, which then got me thinking, why do we not take the advice that we give to other people? We oftentimes know exactly what advice to give someone. And I'm talking about personally, I'm talking about business-wise. As leaders, we know sometimes by looking at another business or another leader, we can pinpoint exactly what that leader or that business needs to do to drive revenue or change the direction of the organization or turn it around. Personally, we know the things to do, but we ultimately sometimes struggle with taking our own advice. Why is that? I mean, before we went out last night, we bought, literally, we bought a dozen golf balls for nine holes. Now, I had another sleeve, so that was 15 golf balls. And in the course of nine holes, we lost all of them. Now, I'm not putting this on my son because he only lost three. I think I lost 11 or 12 golf balls myself on nine holes. That should not happen, right? <laughs> Why? So in any event, 
it got me thinking of the reasons why we don't, why it's easy for us to give advice and ultimately really good advice, but why don't we take that advice ourselves? And I think it's three reasons it comes up to, uh, comes down to. One reason that we tend not to take our own advice is sometimes we don't think it applies to us, right? We have these blind spots and it's natural that sometimes, so I'll use golf as an example. A lot of times I may not know what I'm doing. I can't step out of my body and look at myself. Now I can videotape or I can get a coach or have somebody else give me advice, but I can't turn my eyes and look, you know, as I'm swinging. Uh, so sometimes we don't know the things that we're doing. We don't know. I don't know my arm is is not staying straight or that I'm not shifting my weight or I'm lifting my head or uh, swinging too hard, whatever the case may be that's causing the problems. But if I were to step out, I would see what the problem is. And a lot of times uh, that goes true in business too. I mean, I cannot tell you how many times, and I felt felt uh, victim of this too, where you just get so wrapped up in your business that you inevitably just, you get almost, uh, you, you get desensitized. You see the same things that you ultimately don't end up realizing are problems. And it might be a slow change, right? You ever sit, not see somebody for a long period of time and they've, they've grown, maybe it's a kid that's grown like a few inches and it's like, wow, oh my gosh. But if you see, if that's your child and you see them every day, you don't notice those small little changes, right? You don't notice that. You don't notice the slow changes, but if you stepped away and then came back and looked, it's like, wow, what happened, right? Whether it's your child growing or whether it's an organization that's moving in the wrong direction sometimes, maybe the culture of the organization is starting to slip and we just don't see it because we're so busy working in the business, we don't step out and look at the business or work on the business. Uh, big, big difference. I was just working with an organization the other day and they were struggling with a problem that they had had for a long, long time and could not come up with a solution. And in my conversations with them, it wasn't long before I could pinpoint what the solution was. Here's the problem and here's how you fix it, right? And that's not even a credit to me necessarily because I had this ultra wisdom that they didn't have. I just had a different perspective. I could come in. They were so just fixated on what was their norm and they got almost intoxicated just by, okay, here's the way we normally do stuff. They forgot to take a look outside and look in on their business. And for me coming in with a different perspective, it was really easy for me to see. So the question is when we have these blind spots that we just may not see, we don't know necessarily that that advice would be applicable for us. How do we put ourselves in an advantageous position so we don't necessarily get hampered by our own blind spots? Well, that's where having a coach or an outside advisor can come into place. That's why the best of the best always have coaches, whether you're an athlete or a uh, professional or a business person or whomever, having a coach gives you that outside perspective. And I've always asked my coaches for that. Hey, what do you see? Um, what do you notice that I'm not looking at that is impactful to what I'm trying to accomplish? Uh, so that's one thing is we ultimately don't think that advice that we're giving and we're so good at giving other people applies to us when in reality, a lot of times it, it does. So that's number one, our blind spots prevent us from realizing that advice applies to us. Number two is that we know we need to take the advice. We know what we should do, but... We don't want to do it. And the reason we don't want to do it is because we ultimately just strive back 
and gravitate toward the things that are comfortable, right? So we just naturally in life go toward the things that are more comfortable. Yeah, maybe that's a form of laziness or whatnot. It's just routine. It's the things that we're used to doing are the things that we're going to naturally gravitate toward, right? So my golf swing, I may know that I need to slow my swing down, but my brain tells me that if I want to hit the ball far, which gives me personal satisfaction, even in light of the fact that it doesn't go in the fairway, that my brain is telling my body to swing hard. And I, I have to break that connection between those two things. I know that if you swing actually a little bit slower, you actually can hit the ball further. Strange. It's it's it contradicts your normal philosophy of how you make a ball move fast, faster or further, but that is true. So professional golfers, you see, have a nice, easy swing. But I know that it's my norm. It's what I'm accustomed to is, okay, I need to swing with a lot of force. Or just the way I physically swing is is hard to adjust, right? If I'm going to actually work with a coach who's going to tell me, okay, you got to keep your arms straight as you're going through you know, the, the backswing and, and through the follow-through, it's really tough. It's awkward, right? So we don't like to do the things that are awkward. But just think about normal. You know, I'm, I'm We've had, many of us have gone through that stage where you're teaching your kids to drive, and uh, we know when we teach our kids to drive, we are we have their their safety as the utmost priority, right? It's not about okay, here's how you can take the shortcuts. We don't teach them to not use a signal when they're turning. Hey, you have to use a signal. In fact. We overdo it sometimes. Hey, when you're turning into the driveway, use a signal or out of the driveway, use a signal. I mean, we that's how we teach them because their safety is our ultimate concern. And we know that's the right way. If you get good habits built, we know that's going to lead to long-term success and safety with driving. But think about this. How many people ultimately do you see on the roadway that don't use their signal? Which honestly drives me nuts because I think about, okay, when you're actually driving the car, my hands are here. The signal is like, you know, it's maybe three inches below my left hand. That's all. I just got to move my hand down here and just click, and then it's done. I don't even have to unclick it necessarily because most of the cards, you just click, and it stays on for a few seconds, and it goes off automatically. It's like, okay, so if it's that easy, why wouldn't I do it? But again, we gravitate. We know we should, but we gravitate toward the things that are easiest, more comfortable, and less taxing on us, even if it's that much more comfortable to not do it. Think about another one, driving and texting. How often do we see people and are we guilty of it? Of course, you know, and, and as much as we know that's dangerous, you still see some people having so much difficulty with breaking that habit. We'd never tell our kids that it's okay to text while you drive, but it's just this force of habit that even though we know that's not the right thing to do, we know we should be taking our own advice, we still don't do it. And that's the number two reason is that even though we know it is, that's the right advice. It's more comfortable to stay with our current situation, our current routines, our current habits, and we tend to go in that direction of least of most comfort. The third reason that we ultimately have trouble taking our own advice and giving advice is emotions. So we know and, and if, if you've worked as a consultant or you've worked with as an advisor or coach or whatnot where you're helping other people develop, it oftentimes becomes really easy to see solutions and recommendations and game plans for other people because you don't have emotions involved. And you can actually look at something logically and you can figure out a game plan and steps to help them get to a better place. 
Okay, and we know this because we can think about just in yourself, whether you're not even in a position of being a consultant or an advisor or a coach or anything like that, you're influencing other people in your life. How many people have friends that have have gone to them with problems? And sometimes for us, it's really easy to solve those problems, right? We know they're in a bad relationship, yet they keep staying in that relationship. Yet we know, okay, hey, that's not the right relationship for you. You need to, you need to break that off. Or you're in a job that's not giving you happiness or fulfillment, right? We can see it in their life that this is making them miserable. It's making them stressed. It's just not the right right thing. It's not the right opportunity, not the right culture, not the right advancement opportunity. Yet they have trouble making that decision to make a change. It's easy from the outside to say, here's what you got to do. As a business leader, I could speak firsthand at how many times when you think through something, a strategic decision could be you know, making a, a, a change in terms of how you're approaching the business. It could be a personnel change. Maybe you're hiring somebody, promoting somebody. Maybe you're demoting somebody or you're firing somebody. It might be a decision you know that you need to make, but it, it does not make it easy. And it's easy to sometimes not make that decision because of the pain involved. And it might just be, it could be the pain of how, all the steps that are required. So the, the difficulty of actually making that change or it could be the communication of that change and affecting other businesses. It could be the fact of the risk involved in making that change. But if we were to step out and look at that business or that decision as an outsider looking in, it would be easy for us to say, here's what you need to do because it makes logical sense, right? But the pain of making that change or going in that different direction, maybe it's opening up a new office or closing an office or whatever it is, Those are tough decisions, big strategic decisions that oftentimes involve a lot of ripple effect. So the reason oftentimes that we are not good at taking our own advice is what we do have, which is hard to take out, is the emotions, right? We think about, okay, well, you know, yeah, I don't like that job or this career that I'm in, but... You know, there are some good things to it, right? I've got benefits, I've got a steady paycheck, I've got this or whatever. And we end up convincing ourselves that we actually, we change our own minds, right? We convince ourselves that we don't, we don't dislike it as much. Yeah, maybe it is giving us a little bit more happiness that we think. Uh, or we know that we're just living a certain lifestyle that's not giving us fulfillment or happiness, um, or just running a business where we know we need to make that tough decision, but we're hesitant to do it. And in reality, if we were advising somebody else, it'd be this real easy thing. So the, the only way to handle that is you have to try to take all three of those out of the equation. You have to try to remove your blind spots. And again, that's working with somebody. Get a, get a friend, get a counselor, get a coach, get an advisor, whoever that is that's going to give you that outside perspective to help you remove from the situation and be able to see truly the full picture. Uh, and secondly is be conscious of the tendency to go in that direction of what's most comfortable. That's just the easy, natural thing. And that's not always the right thing, right? So we got to fight that urge, that, that, that human instinct to go in the direction, the path of least resistance. And then lastly is how do we strip away our emotions and look at this decision in the best way possible? One way to think about that is if you looked at today and you said, okay, let me look three months down the road. And let me just think about if I somehow could make the decision and skip over the next three months and get to that point that this decision would get me to in three months, 
which is another way of saying I bypass all the emotional turmoil that might go and the difficulty that might go through to getting to that point. But how would I feel three months from now? Looking back on that decision, would that have been the right decision? And if it is, oftentimes that's the best answer, right? That's a way to look at it and take the emotions out. That three-month fast forward, would I be happy with that decision? And would I, if I could, could would I flip a switch to get there right now? And if the case is yeah, if the answer is yes, then usually that means my emotions are the thing that are getting in the way of ultimately, uh, ultimately making that decision. All right. So little thoughts that prompted last night playing golf. Who knows? Hey, out there playing golf and poof, this idea pops in my head. So thought I'd share it with you all. I uh, hope it was helpful. Again, make sure you like, share, subscribe, add comments. I'd love to get your feedback on future topics, guests, all that kind of good, uh, good stuff. Thanks, everybody. Appreciate you tuning in today. Bye.